0: So in the early days of launching your app, uh, it's really important to generate positive reviews. Apptentive provides you with the tools to be able to get these reviews, get feedback, intercept any uh, negative feedback before it hits the app store. Uh, So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy. That's apptentive.com forward slash App guy, all lowercase, and thank you AppTentive for sponsoring the show. GummyCube can help you with your app keywords. You know you're only allowed 100 characters, and picking those best keywords requires you to understand your market, your competitors, in a popular search phrase. These all change seasonally, and you, to stay on top, it's really difficult. So you need an app store optimization solution. I recommend going to GummyCube for this. GummyCube is G-U-M-M-I-C-U-B-E.com. They're a complete app store optimization service. And thank you so much to GummyCube for sponsoring this
1: episode. Hey, this is Joel Kom, New York Times best-selling author. You're listening to the App Guy podcast with Paul Kemp. The App Guy podcast, straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy, sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. And now, Paul, the App Guy
0: welcome to another episode of the app guy podcast i'm your host this is paul kemp this is the show that helps you uh, by bringing you the best people in technology and learning what they're getting up to and seeing how we can help and also just learning what uh, new technologies are coming along? And uh, even though this episode uh, is 398, the show's been going for some time, this is the first time I believe that we're talking about connected vehicles. And I've got the best person in the industry to talk about this. I met him recently at Apps World, and he was doing a, a presentation, and he's managed to come and, and give his time up to come on the show. So let me introduce uh, Scott Lyons. He is Ah, uh, part of the connected services, uh, connected vehicle and services team at technology. Um, I tell you what, I'm going to let Scott introduce himself. Uh, <laughs> but he's at Ford, so uh, Scott, welcome to the App Guide podcast.
1: Thank you, thank you very much. Pleasure to be uh, here. I-, I
0: tried to get it out. What do you do at Ford? Yeah,
1: yeah, it's right. It's this very long, uh, convoluted title, right? So I am part of the connected vehicle and services team. What we are responsible for are things like our broadened technology. And what we call app link so that that basically allows the the driver to come in with their smartphone use some of the apps that are enabled to work with our system that are res, that are residing on the smartphone and also using the smartphone's processing power and the data connectivity so basically it's saying hey don't look at your smartphone while you're driving of course we all unfortunately do that at times but what we're trying to do is to basically keep people's hands on the wheel, eyes on the road, and allow them to access certain applications and experiences safer while they're driving through our system.
0: Well, this is great timing uh, because it does come on the back of a conversation that we did have uh, maybe four or five episodes ago now where we were talking about safe driving mm-hmm. with smartphones. I'm guessing that you are uh, seeing a lot of dangerous driving in a way with people just picking up their smartphones and and trying to use them as they would uh, when they were you know at, 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 when they're at home so uh, w- w- are you trying to solve this problem then of uh, dangerous driving with smartphones
1: well it is. i mean we're we're trying to provide an alternative uh, i guess route for people to access some of the applications that they would want to access while they're driving i mean we're we're all unfortunately spending a lot more time in our vehicles these days because of gridlock right so you know that there is such temptation to pick up your smartphone and to start doing things that are clearly not safe. I mean, I think we've all seen, you know, these, these, what's, let's say, unfortunately, humorous images of people with tablets uh, attached to their steering wheels or, you know, people uh, checking their emails while they're driving. You know, these things are simply not safe, um, especially if you're in traffic or if you're driving at fast speeds. How can you possibly, um, you know, expect to keep your, car uh, in, in, in solid motion with, with you know, simply why you're not looking at the, the road, right? Makes no sense.
0: Uh, absolutely. And in fact, I bet you there's a lot of people listening to this right now who are listening in a car, stuck in traffic, which is, <laughs> I love traffic because it means I get a bigger audience of uh, listeners who are switching off of radio and coming onto podcasting. Uh, so so uh, how can um, anyone like get involved then in AppLink? Because you mentioned AppLink. This is a show about apps, obviously. Uh, t- yeah. Tell us more about AppLink and, and um, do you open that up to developers you know, and uh, what, what, how can people possibly get involved?
1: Sure, so, so AppLink uh, has been going now for a number of different years and uh, I think we've got about 70 plus applications that are available in various markets around the world. Um, we open sourced AppLink. We're, uh, I believe, one of the first uh, automotive manufacturers to kind of open source this technology. Um, And so what that means is is that um, there are other third parties. Um, Toyota have made a, a kind of a commitment to explore SDL integration within their vehicles. There are some other announcements that we're planning on making at CES in January. Um, and so what we're doing with, with AppLink and ultimately Smart Device Link, which is the open source version of AppLink, is to create an ecosystem where if someone develops an application that it will work on um, you know, a, a number of different um, solutions, whether it be from Ford, Toyota or others. In terms of how AppLink works, is that it is a closed system, meaning that you, know, you can't just kind of develop an app or, or enable your app to work with our technology uh, without our involvement, right? Clearly, we want to make sure that we approve and that we work with developers to make sure that their apps and their use cases that they've chosen are, are safe to use in the vehicle, right? I can't tell you how many numbers of, of developers have come to me and said, hey, uh, I have a video app or I have a you know some sort of a game uh, and I'd like to get that to work in the vehicle. And of course, the answer is no. It makes no sense to, to, to do that, um, especially when it's targeted towards the driver. At the moment, App Link is dedicated towards the driver. Um, if you're sitting in the passenger seat or if you're sitting in the back seat, you can easily pick up your smartphone or tablet and interact with that in the same way that you would do if you were sitting on your sofa at home. So, how it works in terms of, from you know, from a development perspective, is that we have a, a developer website. We were the first OEM to, to launch a developer program a couple of years ago, and that's developer.ford.com. You can go there, register get access to the SDK, get access to all the technical materials. Um, And then if you're interested, then there's ways for you to get in touch. I have two other counterparts in other parts of the world, one in Shanghai and one in Detroit. And we are basically responsible for engaging with the developer community. And so, you know, we either do that by participating in events like we've done, or like we did at the event that you and I met at Apps World in London, or there are mechanisms on the developer website where people can get in touch with us. If we feel that an app is unique, it delivers a solution that we think drivers would want, then what we then do is is start to work with that developer, meaning that we provide them with technical support. We have engineers that are located in various parts of the world that work with our um, external developer partners to help them define their use cases. In addition, we also provide a TDK. Basically a TDK is what is kind of a short form for a car in a box. Uh, it literally is a bench unit that sits on your desk. It has the same equipment and same, you know, experience that you would have, um, so that you can develop, uh, while you're sitting at your desk versus obviously us shipping a car i
0: know i was just getting Never very excited developer.
1: about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure think, i'm sure everyone uh, yeah. says can you ship us a new mustang yeah, yeah. I, i'd love to i think
0: uh, uh, you almost were on the verge of getting a lot of signups when you were just about to mention sure. that, that you, you get shipped a vehicle it's not like um no you
1: know. unfortunately not but you get the next best thing right i think people love these bench units because actually they're quite cool um they have you could simulate a crash You can you know, they've got radio built in, Uh, you know, some people actually use them as stereos because, you know, they can actually if you're if you're developing a music application, um, you can listen to the music through the speakers in the in the TDK. So, you know, the these are very substantial units that do provide um, great ways for developers to develop for the vehicle um, in an easier way.
0: Well, that, that is wonderful. Now, I also have someone who's asked this, because you, you are working at Ford. And I know in our pre-chat as well, you did talk about uh, hooking up with uh, Bill Ford as well. And, and you know, at Ford, there's always been a vision of the car of the future. And, and you're right. really in the heart of it. Well, first of all, tell us about that story of meeting Bill Ford. That, that sounds incredible.
1: Yeah, so so we've this year has been really interesting for, for, for my group, because... We've, we've been able to host um, various AppLink challenges in, in, in parts of the world. We had one in, in, Silic- in Silicon Valley or in San Francisco. We also had one in, in Tel Aviv and also in Dublin. Uh, in Dublin, we participated uh, in Web Summit, which is a really sizable and very interesting and exciting event. And so we, we held our AppLink challenge at Croke Park. So Croke Park is, I think, one of the oldest sporting venues in the world. Um, and we, we held our challenge there. And Bill Ford uh, decided that he wanted to come to Web Summit, not only to, to speak and to keynote the event, but also to come around to our Appling Challenge to meet some of the developers. So we had a, a really great opportunity to you know, engage with Bill Ford in a one-on-one basis, and also to be able to walk him around. To some of the various, you know, um, tables where people were developing, and introduce him to what I consider to be quite innovative and interesting applications and solutions from startups as well as some, you know, larger companies out there. And so I was also able to kind of speak with him for about 20 minutes, talking about, you know, what's actually happening uh, in, in the world of mobility, getting his perspective on what his thoughts are. I mean, Bill uh, Ford is really, really, really tied into. Um, Working with startups he has he has his own venture capital fund that's based in in Detroit He regularly likes to engage with you know startups and he seems it was my first time meeting with him And I was really impressed with you know his perspective on on what's happening within the world and how he has really embraced um, You know what changes need to happen within the automotive industry right if you think about it this is a statement that we've made many times is if you know if there are, are a billion vehicles on the road right now, do you really think that we can sell another billion vehicles? It would simply be global gridlock, right? It just would not happen. And so, in order for for you know Ford and other OEMs to continue to survive and to continue to you know manufacture and to deliver services, we need to think about how do we deliver different services, and that's kind of what we call smart mobility. And so, Ford have you know, taken a real focus on, and, and I think a leadership position on smart mobility. And that means anything like, you know, targeting the sharing economy. You know, millennials are very focused on not owning things, but sharing things. So that's like car sharing, um, carpooling, any of those types of things. And so, you know, we have, I think it's 25 or 27 mobility experiments that are happening around the world, some of them in the U.K., some of them are in Africa, the U.S., wherever. And these are experiments that, we are, that we've decided to focus with third parties with on that, that kind of deliver different experiences. And we think, depending upon the outcome of those experiments, some of those things may turn into real projects and real businesses, and others may not. But Bill Ford is absolutely focused on making sure that we as a company are are looking at that is you kind of know looking at that space and and looking at trying to deliver solutions from startups and other established companies to kind of make sure that we're relevant now as well as in the future.
0: This is really interesting, Scott. I did actually have someone who listens to the show uh, come to me, and, and he knew I was interviewing you, and mm. uh, he recently read something. I'll put it on the show notes. Uh, it's episode three nine eight at theappguide.co. Uh, it's entitled "Why Should." Uh, Your self-driving car looked like a car. And do you have any views on, I mean, you talked about innovation in in cars, uh, the car of the future. Do you have any views on the self-driving car and actually how it might look? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well how it might look in terms of in terms of just the, the look of it or how what the experience is well, like
0: it, both i mean in a way you know you're, <laughs> if you if you've got a self-driving yeah. car it doesn't need any yeah. of the the things that a, mo- a modern day car needs your know, steering wheel brakes all this sort of stuff it, it's just going to drive itself so how uh, do you have uh, any prototypes you've seen or anything that you're you can talk about with regards to the connected car and self-driving car
1: well, autonomous vehicles, or it, it, you know, that's obviously something that we, that we as a company, have, we've talked about. It's not my area of expertise, so I, you know, I'm definitely not the best person at Ford to to, to kind of give Ford's position. But I can kind of restate what we publicly said, and that we think that there are some elements of, of autonomous driving which will come within the next five years, right? Um, Ford's position is is that we still believe that there needs to be some driver element some driver interaction involved right it's it's not a fully autonomous um where you remove the steering wheel you remove everything and you're just kind of sitting in a pod um our position is at the moment that we don't think that that's something that 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 will happen at least in the in the next five years um so i you have to think of it like this right there may be autonomous com- vehicles that are coming but you know, how many vehicles out there at the moment are not going to be autonomous? And so you've got to think about how do you deal with that? And, and you know, if we lived in a world where 100% of the vehicles on the road were autonomous, I think the world would be a very different place, and I think the solutions that you put into the vehicle and the experiences that you'd have within the vehicle itself would be different. Right? Yeah, it
0: would absolutely um, turn on its head, your focus, which is stopping distractions of drivers, uh, because then sure. you'd actually be all about distraction of drivers because they're not doing anything.
1: <laughs> well, that, that's right. I mean, th- that really changes the whole game internally in terms of, you know, w- what kind of solutions could you provide? Then we're talking about if someone came up to me and said, hey, we've got a new video streaming app, we've got a new game or we've got, new, you know, something. That can actually distract the driver while they're, you know, going from point A to point B. I would very much be open to discussing Um So, yeah, I think it's a very, very exciting space. I think, uh, you know, lots of lots of companies, both traditional OEMs as well as startups, uh, are looking at this, and and I think we're all kind of heading towards a very interesting um, kind of nexus of where this will go. Yeah, yours. Uh,
0: you did actually mention the millennials, and someone else asks. Uh, about uh, ownership. And do you have a viewpoint on whether the the next generation, millennials, and as we uh, all grow older, that there will actually still be this uh, obsession to have car ownership?
1: I do think that there will always be individuals who will want to own a vehicle, meaning a one-owner vehicle, right? I I don't think that that will go away. But I do think that we will see more and more, especially in urban environments where parking is a problem, where you you don't need the vehicle as often as you would if let's say you lived out in the countryside, right? I think that those types of individuals, like myself, I live in a city, I live in Berlin. If you can believe it, and I mentioned this to Bill Ford, I have never owned a vehicle, but yet I work for Ford. <laughs> um, <laughs> right. You know, I, I, I've I never owned a vehicle um, because I've never really uh, needed to own a vehicle because I've really always lived in cities, whether it be New York or London or now Berlin. You know, owning a vehicle, I just feel is is kind of baggage, right? It's it's something that as an expense and is something that I just don't need to, to have. I want to use a vehicle, right? because I wanna be able to get somewhere from point A to point B, perhaps not using public transportation. And I want to have the options and I wanna have the services that, and, and the companies that can deliver that for me. At the moment, there are um, very, very good car sharing schemes out there. Um, and I think that's only going to grow. But I do think that, that, um, that you know, there are people that are part of the millennial generation and, and folks that are not like myself, whereas the sharing economy is totally appropriate. And I think that those services are going to grow and they're going to come from both traditional OEMs like Ford, and they're also going to come from non-traditional um, you know, startups. And we're starting to see that very much come to fruition at the moment
0: this is wonderful scott i'm going to just slightly switch gears in a way and talk about you because a lot of people listening to this do want to get into technology we often talk about getting into startups you know you're coming and giving us the perspective of technology within a company like uh, as big as ford uh, what's uh, you know your kind of day like and, and in a way what would you re- would you recommend in terms of people trying to get into technology uh, uh Would you recommend it's a good career path?
1: Sure. I mean, you know, it's funny because I I never in my life imagined that I would ever uh, work at a company like Ford. You know, starting my career out, if you can believe it, working at MTV, um, there have been many, many steps in between MTV and Ford. It's not a natural career path to go from, I think I probably am the only person at Ford that's ever worked at MTV, but. Uh, <laughs> uh, but don't tell me but, MTV
0: is their big poaching ground. No, yeah,
1: exactly right. <laughs> No, unfortunately not. But this but, is
0: really uh, interesting. So how on earth did you go from MTV? I mean, cause I think what I'm learning from you is, you know, you don't have to make your career choice at, at the start of your career. You can transition and just see where the path takes you. And how did you go from MTV to
1: Ford? Yeah, you you could definitely. I'm not. I guess you could definitely do that. And I I've been and very what were you
0: doing at MTV? My, yeah. Were you uh, yeah. <laughs> a video jockey and, uh, or
1: no? No. Yeah, I I uh, I worked in production and did some on air. My, my focus at that at that time, when I was in my early 20s in New York, was that I wanted to be in front of the camera, and so I did some of that, and that was quite fun. Um, but then I also realized at the time that if you really wanted to make uh, a difference and you really wanted to have longevity, you needed to move behind the camera and to, and to kind of pull the strings if you wanted to look at it from that perspective. So I, you know, I, I collaborated with several of my MTV colleagues and, and we started a production company and that production company was very focused early on on um, webcasting. So you know, at that point in time, you know, broadband was very new. Uh, and so we collaborated with, with, uh, with Apple At the time, Apple wanted to make sure people were downloading QuickTime, so they funded us to webcast exclusively in QuickTime several high-profile music festivals in the UK, which, you know, was fantastic. We treated them as television, right? They were broadcast live over 24 hours. Um, We had presenters, interviews, everything. So we were very much at the time at the forefront of what was happening on the web. Um, you know, and from there, kind of moved on into what at the time was called new media. Right? <laughs> the term new media just sounds amusing now. Doesn't <laughs> yeah, it it? Does. Um,
0: well, here we are on new media. Hopefully, I, I, yeah, here some, we are on new and media. And how long has podcasting yeah. been going for? I mean, we we call it podcast. Exactly. It's 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 back to the um, iPod days.
1: Sure. Yeah. Exactly. Right. It's, uh, some of the fr- some of these terms never seem to to escape us. But you know, it, it's been several jumps. I, I think as a natural step. Um, you know, I, I ended up in, in in automotive because I used to work for Motorola for a number of years, building the ecosystem, and was involved in the early days of of, of Android. And um, you know, my last project at at Motorola uh, was working on Drive Now. Drive Now is the car sharing scheme from Sixth and BMW, and that kind of piqued my interest in automotive because I, I saw the potential and I saw what was possible in, in you know, approaching uh, you know, what people could do in their vehicles and how people could, you know, I guess, share um, ex- you know, a very expensive item, like a car. Um, for me, the concept of mobility is really important. And actually, it's one of the reasons why I'm, I, I continue to stay very interested in automotive. Because you know, if you can come up with really strong and very interesting mobility concepts, It really has the opportunity to change a lot of things in the world you know there are so many issues at the moment with gridlock health um you know how do you get from point a to point b safely you know how do you prevent some sort of accidents happening you know this space is fascinating and you know for me what i'm doing at the moment in the area that i work in at ford is the only area that interests me within ford right i'm not an engineer uh, I have no desire to start coding or to, you know, design the next uh, air conditioning unit or or whatever. So for me, the, the, the there's a very, very focused area within Ford that would be attractive to someone like myself who comes from outside the automotive industry, right? And also is someone who comes from way outside the automotive industry, if you think about it. So Ford, and I applaud them for doing this, are, are very focused on bringing in external people, who have a different view uh, on what, uh, what an approach should be to things like mobility, to things like applications and experiences, and, and just simply you know that different approach is needed because the automotive industry is, is filled with people that have been in the industry for a very long time. And that's not a problem. It's just that you need to mix the, you know, some of that, uh, those folks that have been there for a long time in with some new perspective in order to really make sure that you're targeting where things can go and and, and, and certainly the next generation of, of consumers and customers that we may want to be approaching.
0: Let me take this opportunity to thank my sponsors. Are you an app founder? Are you an app creator? Do you have people using your app? Do you need to know more about this for your job? whatever your situation apptentive.com forward slash app guy is the place to go because you'll get a free mobile app consultation and in fact if you think about the successful guests that have been on this show the number one thing that often comes out is the Customer experience it is the major differentiator. And so you need to be able to communicate effectively with your users. Uh, Two way communication. And you also need to keep a lot of the negative uh, criticisms of bugs off of the reviews and into your personal messaging center. So go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy, all lowercase, aptentive, a p p t e n t i v e dot com forward slash app guy. And go check them out. You get a free mobile app consultation when you go there. Get a free trial of their dashboard. Thank you so much to Apptentive for continuing to support this show. GummyCube is changing the way everyone uses data for mobile marketing with their revolutionary DataCube, which is App Store intelligence software. You can use DataCube to understand trends, improve the performance of mobile marketing campaigns, and predict consumer demand to make more informed product development decisions. So you need to take your mobile marketing and your App Store optimization to the next level by using GummyCube. For example, users expect different search results when going to an App Store than compared to uh, maybe Google search. There are different trends within App Store Search. App Store Search algorithms are different. In fact, web-based search engine optimization or SEO techniques do not apply when it comes to the App Store. So go and launch your own campaign by going to www.gummicube.com. Uh, that's gummicube.com gummicube.com gummycube.com, or just type them in uh, to Google and you'll see all the different uh, wonderful things that have been written about them and all the great content that they put out as well to help you think about app store optimization. So thank you very much to Gummy Cube for continuing to support these episodes. Now let's get back to the interview. Scott, there's two more things we need to do before we say goodbye to you. What, sure. One is that you touched on it there. We would love to try and Uh, come up with new ideas for apps you're in a perfect position to tell us almost what you feel is a a problem that needs solving or some kind of app Mm. that could be an awesome app for app link so do you have uh, like a really good idea that you could give us for an app
1: well i think that so i I can give you a topic of, of an of a of an area that i think is 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 i think missing at the moment And so I think I I touched on this when you were in the audience at at, at Apps World, is that, you know, at the moment, a majority of the applications that we're seeing that are AppLink enabled are basically applications that live outside of the vehicle. So the Spotify's of this world. Right. Um, And those are apps that you would use while walking down the street or sitting in public transport. What I think is, is, is lacking at the moment are basically applications and experiences that are targeted towards people in the vehicle only, right? There are definitely a couple of apps out there that, that, are, that are dealing with that, like Glimpse, for, um, for example, where you can send your location to someone for a period of time, and that's great. But there are definite needs of the driver in terms of, I'm sitting in my car... Um, can you help me stay awake? For example, right? Is there an application that can do that? Now, that would not be relevant outside of the vehicle, but certainly is very interesting and, and very relevant for someone while they're in the vehicle. So, I think that there are a number of different opportunities that are, from my perspective, untapped. That you know these you know that could basically be brought in um, for people to use while they're driving only.
0: Okay, here's an idea for someone. What about uh, curating a music playlist depending on where we're driving and how we're driving. So if we're sure. driving in the countryside of England, we can maybe play some relaxing driving music. If we're in the streets of LA, maybe something appropriate for that area. But it's all based on the, the speed, the the traffic conditions. Maybe if we're stuck in traffic, it can play some soothing meditation music to stop uh, road rage. <laughs>
1: yeah, <laughs> Yeah, I've so I, I've seen that idea before. Oh, um, oh you know, always an I, I've idea. Seen it it's been... yeah. There's always an idea, but you know what? It's you know it, just because it's been talked about before doesn't necessarily mean it hasn't been done well, right? So I, I, I think you know if, if there's a if there's an idea out there, if there's an app out there that does that, you know, AppLink is all about making sure that we deliver a number of different experiences to our customers, not just one, right? So music for sure, podcasting. These are things that that make complete sense for the vehicle and I'm always on the lookout for, you know, new experiences that take advantage of vehicle data like you just mentioned, um, the GPS location of the vehicle um, or how fast you're going, things like that. Certainly any innovations like that, we're, we're open to uh, exploring.
0: Great, well, okay, the final thing then, this is a show about apps. We love talking about apps. You're in Berlin you're using your phone to get around, you, you don't own a car. I wondered if you could give us maybe a good recommendation for an app. You've already mentioned Glimpse, but uh, another one uh, that uh, is on your phone that you think is a, a good app recommendation.
1: Oh, just a ge- generally a good app recommendation? Yeah, I mean,
0: hey, listen, it could be on any device, even if you want to recommend your favorite AppLink app, link um, app or um, iPhone or Android app, but an app that you think is a, a good tip for us.
1: Well, good tip. So I'm a big fan of, of, of an app called Sense, S-E-N-S-E, Sense. Sense is a, is a Kickstarter, is, a, is, a, is, a, is an app or an experience that I backed on Kickstarter. And, and basically it's, a, it's an application that lives on your smartphone, but it's also a physical device that lives on your nightstand and also a little thing that attaches to your pillow. And this application combined with this little unit that sits on your nightstand and the the little thing that sits on your clips to your pillow kind of helps um, understand your sleeping patterns and also allows you It also is a great way to wake you up at the right time so for example if I say I want to wake up at 630 in the morning it will find within 30 minutes it will find the best time to wake you up that could be at 615 could be at 610 could be at 629 Um, and it does it in such a way that it's quite relaxing so I'm a big fan of Sense because it, it really has helped me understand, you know, uh, my sleeping patterns um, and it gives me a lot of information on the app itself within, you know, when I look at it on my smartphone, it tells me, ooh, my, my room is too light or it's too humid or, or anything like that. The level of detail that it provides is really, really interesting. So it's kind of helped me understand whether I've had a good night's sleep and whether I've not or, and why for example.
0: Okay, well, that is a brilliant recommendation. I'm absolutely fascinated. I'm going to be downloading that now. Uh, For anyone who is driving and does does not want those distractions, please wait. Come back when you have time to the appguide.co. Go and visit episode 398. You'll see a link to all the things we've mentioned and to that app and to Scott. So Scott, wonderful chat. How best can people reach out and connect with you or, or get in touch? What's the best way?
1: Well, they can get in touch with me via email, right? So my, my email address is slyons 2 at Ford.com. Unfortunately, 21 is not my age, but there must be 20 other people at Ford who are called Scott Lyons. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, at a company that has 200,000 people, not surprising. But yeah, Slyons21 at Ford.com is my uh email
0: address wonderful and i I cannot help ask you you know the you were working with mtv and you broke away to do that uh production company are there any other names that you work with that we would recognize
1: any other uh names what in terms of the
0: team well the team the team you were working with that team uh that you said broke away from mtv and started doing the production company
1: oh yeah so we we at the time we were you know we we worked i interviewed james brown you can believe it
0: Right. OK. Yeah.
1: I interviewed James wow. Brown live. Now, I asked him, how, what was it like to be in prison? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was an interesting thing. But, yeah, I, I got to spend some time with James Brown uh, and in his uh, in his, I guess, his camper van or, or whatever it was that, that he was setting up. He had a big stand up hairdryer uh, and there was a guy that was counting cash in the corner. So, any kind of preconceived notions that you had about James Brown all kind of lived up true there. <laughs> but yeah, I, it's it's great. I, I've had the I've had the pleasure of of, of interviewing um, and meeting folks like Depeche Mode, The Cure, and a whole range of other artists, and it's it's been you know it's been great. I I, I always look back at that time as um, you know I'm a big music fan, so for me it was uh, totally fantastic at the time.
0: So awesome, yeah. It sounds like we. Um... We might have to leverage you for some future guests, but thanks so much for uh, coming coming onto the show, Scott. It's been terrific chatting with you. Remember, this episode has been brought to you by Apptentive. They are sponsoring this show. Go and show them some love. Go and check out apptentive.com forward slash appguy. It's a unique page set up for us, and they get to try uh, to help you with a free mobile app consultation. Uh, it will enable you to do effective two-way communication with your users of your app so go to apptentive.com forward slash app guy app com forward slash app guy thank you so much to apptentive for supporting the show so remember to go and check out www.gummycube.com that's g-u-m-m-i-c-u-p-e.com who are the world's best app store optimization company and i highly recommend uh, using them to improve the optimization of your apps and help them get discovered in the app store and use their algorithms and their data cube from the google play store and the apple apps so www.gummycube.com and thanks to gummy cube for being such a great supporter of this show so there you have it that's the end of the last episode of 2015 i'm going on holiday i'm taking a break there's going to be a pause in this podcast there are tons of episodes you can go back and listen to if uh, you've got that sort of downtime over the holiday period then go back, register, subscribe for my archives. You can find the part one archives, episodes one through to hundred uh, have now been submitted to Apple so that uh, I know that uh, at the moment only the last 100 episodes are showing in Apple. So I've had to start submitting uh, the archives. So you can go through those or you can go back and listen to some of the great episodes that we've had over this year. And i really really wish you all the best for the upcoming year 2016 is going to be an awesome year for all you app entrepreneurs entrepreneurs startup founders people doing side projects makers uh, whatever you are doing in this world it's going to be an awesome year for you stay with me please uh, for 2016 there's going to be some awesome things coming up uh, but for now, I am taking a well-deserved break and I suspect that you'll probably uh, end up taking a break as well. So have a great festive period. Do send me a Merry Christmas if you remember to. Uh, I always uh, do like receiving uh, happy Christmas messages. Uh, you can go to theappguy.co to wish me Merry Christmas or you can leave me an email, uh, paul at theappguy.co uh, or you can wish me Merry Christmas on Twitter, paul underscore s underscore camp And uh, I would also be able to record you a Merry Christmas as well, if that would help you and and get you into the festive spirit. But for now, have a great holiday. Thanks ever so much for being with me over this whole year. It's been an amazing whirlwind of a journey. And I really am looking forward to 2016. Bye for now.